0: The Law Report with Michael Matwening Bell, Kaya FM
1: 95.9. Welcome back. I look forward to hearing from you and to talking um, about the impact and the how COVID-19 regulations have affected you, how the lockdown has affected you at, at its different lives from level five now to level three. Where, has it been a good thing? Has it been a, a positive thing, you think? Or has it not been a positive thing? Could it have been done better? And um, there are those that think it could have been done better. And uh, they didn't just think that. They went to court and um, found a favorable uh, finding in, on their behalf. I'm talking to my guest who's joining me on the line, uh, Mr. Martin van Staden. Thank you so much for joining me, Martin. Are you well?
0: Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm well, and I hope you and your listeners are, are as well, given the circumstances.
1: Indeed, I, I speaking for myself, I'm well. And, uh, and I guess, um, yeah, the Afropolitan, we're going to until the contrary is proved, we're going to assume that they are well too. Uh, let's shoot to it. Um, we, we only have 20 minutes to sort of um, go through this judgment, maybe just unpack what informed the, um, you know, what some of the facts are, what informed this application? Why did we go to court in the first place?
0: Yeah, so, uh, the applicants in this case, uh, targeted, uh, the constitutionality yeah. of the, uh, of the, um, regulations. And this is, uh, quite interesting because it's, uh, it's rare to see this, uh, nowadays. It's often very technical, but this time there was a rationality challenge, uh, and the judge also uh, spoke about the effect on Section 36 of the Constitution, so uh, this is definitely a... What is Section
1: 36 for those of us who are not lawyers?
0: Okay, yeah, so uh, Section 36 uh, is the provision in the Constitution that sets out the procedure or the requirements that the government must follow if it wants to limit our rights that are contained in the Bill of Rights uh, so this is not a, a tool for government to get rid of our uh, get rid of our rights in fact this is part of the protection of our rights and says that only under these circumstances can government ever do such a thing um, and it's quite simple let me run you uh, through it quickly so um, it says that any limitation upon our rights, must be reasonable and justifiable in an open and democratic society founded on freedom, equality, and human dignity. Mm. Now, when a judge or when government has to determine when this is, when it is reasonable, justifiable, in an open and democratic society, they, have to, uh, they may look at the nature of the right being infringed, like freedom of expression, uh, freedom of movement. They should look at the importance and the purpose of the limitation. So why is this being done? Why is this right being uh, limited, and is this for an important reason? Uh, The nature and extent of the limitation, does it go deep into your right, or is it only something around the edges that doesn't really uh, uh, violate your rights too much? Uh, Then the relationship between the limitation and its purpose. uh, So does um, does what the government is trying to do, its it's infringement of your right, does it actually achieve, or does it have the possibility to achieve... The goal of the limitation mm. uh, and finally whether there are any less restrictive means available to achieve the same purpose or so proportionality assessment so they ask is it really necessary to do this specific thing or are there other ways that government could achieve the same thing by doing less so this is what the courts have to take into account but it's also there for government when they are doing something that is going to violate or infringe uh, or limit our rights for them to determine whether what they're doing is correct, and the judge in this case, uh, the High Court, said that the government did not do this. Uh, it, it actually uh, seems, from the judgment, that uh, the judge thinks, at least, that the government didn't take Section 36 into, into account at all, because the Director General, when question, uh Director General of, uh, I believe, it's the Department of uh, Traditional uh, uh, Affairs and local government, um, COCTA, mm-hmm. um cooperative governance, I'm sorry. Um, so the director general, when answering the court, said that they took these decisions based on the so-called public good, Mm. So they argued it's justified because it's for the public good in the public interest, essentially. Mm. But this is not part of Section 36. So the public interest is important in other parts of the Constitution, sure. But when it comes to uh, whether testing, whether a limitation of our rights is reasonable or justifiable, that's irrelevant. So that's uh, part of why the judge said that uh, the Section 36 analysis, which is necessary, never happened. Um, but yeah, so then then uh, a lot of the judgment also went into rationality.
1: Well, what I found about the judgment, particularly on the question of the limitations clause, the judge at paragraph seven seven point seven says the following: the limitations on exercise are equally perplexing. If the laudable objective is not to have large groups of people exercising in close proximity to each other, the the regulation should say so rather than prohibit organizing of exercise in an arbitrary fashion. And what they're saying there is if you don't want people to to you know to, to, to you, if you want people to maintain social distance and not be close to one another, don't say they can't exercise. Say they must exercise but mm. observe that thing. And I thought that was a very important point. And and, and there's elsewhere in the judgment where where the issue of rationality is is being discussed and i just want to get your thoughts on this the judge says something to this effect I'm, I'm paraphrasing because this part i'm not reading he says i'm sitting here and i make i make hair by doing other people's i mean i, I make money by doing people's hair and i can't i'm told that i can't operate my small salon um, because i am um, because of these regulations but as i sit and and i look at my my child starving or my children starving, I see a taxi drive by and it's full of passengers, even if it's seven or nine people, but it certainly has more people in that taxi than I would have in my salon, and therefore this can't be rational, and the judge gives a few examples. I just want to get your thoughts on, on this, because when I read the judgment, I thought whilst it makes perfect sense, but the difference between the judgment and the decision makers is that the decision makers didn't have the benefit of full information, the armchair benefit, as it, uh, so to speak. They were reacting to something that was imminent, that was now, that was unknown, that was threatening, and they needed to decide amongst a few things. They had a few decisions to think about, um, that is, you know, preserve economic life or preserve life. And I just want to get your thoughts around those competing things because I, I quite get that every decision has to be subjected to public scrutiny. But is there a requirement that it also has to be subjected to the scrutiny subject to the intelligence that is available at the time? So it's one thing to say um, now that we know, I mean, now we all come and myself included. I, I was one of the most paranoid people. I never I never left my house um, even, even though I'm an essential service, even for this show, I'm essential service as a lawyer, but I was paranoid, but we're all easing down. We all have more information. We're all wiser. Just want to get your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that, uh, that makes perfect sense that judge definitely in the courts had the benefit of hindsight, but, uh, we should remember that the lockdown, even at this stage is, uh, quite a few weeks old. And uh, it's not like this is the first time these things have been mentioned. So government, maybe a week into the lockdown, maybe two weeks, three weeks, should and uh, could and I think should have probably said, well, okay, so we've seen how this played out. The economy is, is collapsing. And some of our regulations, we've seen what has happened in practice now, simply don't make sense. And that is what this rationality requirement comes down to. There's a lot of jurisprudence and legalese around it. But in essence, uh, uh, Section 1C of the Constitution says the rule of law is supreme um, in this country. And the rule of law basically essentially means that government can only act in a way that makes sense. That's reasonable. That's not arbitrary because we have to plan our behavior in accordance with that. And since we live in a free society, these things have to make sense for us. And that's basically what rationality means. And the judge (laughs) made these examples. And I think this is a a great uh, instance where the courts actually came down from from the, uh, the legal pedestal and actually put themselves on the ground and said, how can this make sense in any reality that a minister would sit down and write a regulation that exempts public transportation from, uh, not totally exempts, but makes more leeway and allows people to sit in such close proximity to each other but then in the same regulation Or in the regulation a few days earlier or later Say that you cannot Be in a salon where uh, The owner can take preventative Measures, have hand sanitizer Readily available That is that is a problem That is, There is a clear
1: Let's assume sense. Let's assume we, we agree On that, perhaps then There's a different question about the separation Of power, remember that uh-huh if you look at what's happening in brazil for example um the issue there is that the president isn't taking this whole thing of COVID 19 very seriously in fact he says life should go on and that's why brazil after having been very low on the on the on the statistics in terms of the infections is now the last time i checked was number two right um and that is because of um, executive, political, which for convenience I'll call the executive decisions that have been made in that country, and 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 it's exactly the same for the U.S. There, there is there is no doubt in my mind from analyzing the president of that country that priority was on the economy, and and um, health was almost secondary. It was almost as if. It, it, it was almost as if, let's talk about how this economy is going to survive and there was l- less emphasis on, on health and, and there was more politicking around that. Well, then come home to South Africa and then say the the approach then is, wait, we're going to put health, number one, number two, and we're going to do that because the issue of health in this country is that unlike the U.S. and, and these different jurisdictions, we have unique problems, high infections of or high rate of chronic um, illnesses, right? And because of that, we don't know how our people are going to react to this. And we, the intelligence on how this thing gets transmitted, is not fully available. I mean, um, you know, at, at, it was very recently that we knew whether packages that are delivered to your house, whether they, the, 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 uh, any infection could last to survive long enough to actually infect you as you receive your package. So just that as an example. So when I look at that. In Brazil, clearly you can blame the president so the, the reason why they couldn 't flatten the curve is because of trump 's posture to this in uh, i mean i mean in brazil um, and and in in the u s in south africa we've actually done very well um relatively speaking and we've done we've taken all the measures to ready ourselves for for the rise in it and and for that, we have the government to complement, and yes, it might have gone a little bit too far. And what I'm asking in regard to separation of power, does the judiciary not find, run the risk eventually of finding itself where, if it does indeed spike um, after the full effect of the judgment has been, and, and I know that it's a very carefully drafted judgment in the sense that it's not immediate, there's provisions, and we'll talk about that. Yes. But just even the idea of venturing into this um, level of eg- the executive exercise of power, does it not run the risk of offending the separation or div- uh, separation of power principle?
0: Okay, so I guess there's a few different approaches. There's one approach, uh, which for lack of a single term, is uh, let justice be done, though the heavens may fall. So that is the approach that the courts will give effect due to the constitution and its requirements whether that leads to a total breakdown in uh, health, to a total breakdown in order, et cetera. The courts will holding to the supremacy of the Constitution, and that is what they will stick to. That's one approach. Mm. The other approach, which our courts have also somewhat observed, is of deference deference to the executive government. to say that government has the expertise, and therefore we will not get too involved in that. So I think that, um, so personally, uh, speaking also as a, a jurist, I would say that the court is probably correct to say, to, to regard itself as caring sing, singularly about the Constitution and the rule of law rather yeah. than uh, consequences. That's not to say that we in general should not care about the consequences. And then I think that uh, fits neatly into the rationality requirement in that the judge said that not all the regulations are irrational. He made mm. specific reference to, for instance, uh, the closing of schools, um, about uh, nightclubs, uh, borders, et cetera. So it's, it's not like the judge said the executive has totally uh, gone off the reservation. So there is room for taking health seriously.
1: Yeah. But, 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 but before we, we run out of time, um, uh, before we run out of time, let me uh, uh, pitch one last question, and, and that is on enforcement and regulation. So some of these laws, if you say, um, and and you can pretty much imagine how enforcement was easy when it was stage five because you needed to be in your house and you need a very good reason to be out. Right now, um, you don't need a very good reason to be out because we all can be out. But but like I said, things have been different. If, if the government hadn't had the regulations that it had then and, and it's different now, things are changing if the regulations as they existed then were not as they were or as they are w- would we have been able to enforce these regulations take the hairdresser something that's never happened before i mean somebody could literally be there's never been in the history of this country um there's never been a lockdown of the scale of this there's never okay. been so but for that do you think that enforcement might have been possible to kind of distinguish between somebody who is lawfully or Uh, uh, properly out out of their house and one who's not?
0: It would have been incredibly difficult, uh, but we need to remember that some of the exemptions for public transportation had already occurred at the strictest level, so there was already a breakdown and a a, a disconnect Mm. in uh, uh, saving people's lives uh, so, somehow when they're in a salon, but not when they're in, in, in commute. So that, that's, that's the, 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 the error for, for me at least. So mm-hmm. if the government wanted to do a real hard lockdown, it had to apply equality before the law and lock everyone down. But as a free market deal, I would say it should have erred on the side of less restrictive means, which probably would have meant we should never have had such a strict lockdown to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just to summarize my view quickly on that. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much. Uh, That's uh, Martin van Staden. Um, uh, He's joining me. um, And thank you so much. He's from the uh, Free Market Foundation. Martin, thank you so much for chatting to me.
0: Thank you very much.
1: All right. That's the law reports. um, I hope that you found that enlightening. I'm back again next Wednesday. I look forward to talking to you. But call me next time. Good night.